Hey everyone, and welcome to the Work Friends Podcast, where we bring meaningful conversations to you. I'm Jen Brubaker, and I'm here with my co-host, work and real friend, Ainsley Stanley. This season, we invite you to lean in as we talk about leadership. Join us as we sit down with seasoned leaders who are passionate about being the hands and feet of Jesus, regardless of their title or role. We talk about identity, leading, and following well, discernment, and so much more. Today on the podcast, we're chatting with Dr. Sharon Simmons, who is the Director of Programs at Arrow Leadership. We talk about the importance of working through our identity in Christ, learning to embrace our story, and how it looks to let go of things of our past in order to lead as the best person God has called us to be. So sit in the sunshine, eat a popsicle, do whatever you need to do, and enjoy today's episode. Well, Sharon, here's your official welcome. Thanks so much for joining us today. And yeah, we're excited about this. Jen and I were coming together to get some questions and things. And uh, yeah, we're excited to kind of get to to pick your brain a little bit and hear about your story and stuff. So thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. So we always like to start off our conversations with just asking some fun facts from our guests so that our listeners can get to know them a little bit better. Um, So we'll do that. And first off is what is your ideal day? My ideal day. Well, I'm an introvert, so my ideal day is a lot of time on my own. (laughs) Um, I love to uh, go for walks. I enjoy spending time, you know, just quietly with the Lord in the mornings would be really great with my cup of coffee and uh, going for a walk. But I also love my family. And uh, so I would also want to spend time with my those who are closest to me. And um, yeah, do some reading. I love to read. And uh, that would be an ideal day for me. Mm, what book are you currently reading or maybe books? Wow. Yes. Interesting. Well, I just finished reading Live No Lies by John mm. Mark Comer, which yeah. is really good. I enjoyed that a lot. Um, and I've also started a book and now you've got me stumped. I um, <laughs> Something Searching for God or some, yeah, I'd have to find the title of it, but um Yeah, I usually have at least one book on the go. So yeah, that's what I'm doing right now. Nice. If you could have dinner with three people that are alive, who would they be? Who are alive? Wow. Well, it could be dead or alive either. Okay. Um, Yeah, I think I probably think of people that I couldn't actually just call up and, and have a meal with right now. But one person, I mean, I'm really fascinated by Queen Elizabeth. So I, yeah. I've always, 70 years of leadership. Wow. How did she do that? Mm-hmm. Right. With her faith and her family, kind of that loyal obedience to a call and so committed to that. So that'd be one person I find fascinating. Um, maybe Eugene Peterson. So mm-hmm. he was a pastor, but also the, the one who um, put the message into that translation of the Bible. I love uh, one statement that he used in some of his writing was a long obedience in the same direction. So you'll probably hear Mm. some themes from me today. (laughs) I'm fascinated by people who are able to stay steady through years and years. Um, And then another woman who I've really been fascinated by her story. I read uh, one of my mentors a while ago recommended a book about Amy Carmichael. Mm-hmm. And uh, she was born exactly a hundred years before me. So there was some weird connection I kind of had around that. And then um, I think just, again, she was a missionary to India and just that idea of like kind of laying down her own reputation and her comfort to serve others. I'm like fascinated by 
people who can do that kind of stuff. Mm, good picks. <laughs> um, where is the best place that you've traveled to? Mm. I there are so many places in Canada. I would say we have such a great country, mm-hmm. but I'm gonna say I've had the chance to travel to many parts of the world and everywhere I go, I'm just like, wow, God's creation is so amazing. Mm. But I'll say like a favorite was New Zealand. Oh yeah. Mm. That would be cool. I have a friend who lives there and she'll just casually, like she's a big hiker and it's just incredible. Like every single day she's in like all these different places. So such a beautiful country. It is beautiful. Mm -hmm. Well, aside from those fun facts, tell us about yourself and what life looks like for you. Sure. Yeah, I live uh, northeast of Toronto, about one hour in the countryside, so a place called Uxbridge. I grew up in this community, so that's kind of unique. Mm. Um, I've been married for 36 years, and we have four children who are now 26 to 33, three sons and one daughter. I have two little grandsons, and uh, my oldest son and his wife are expecting their third any day, so that's exciting. Um, My husband's a business owner and uh, is involved in leading a global company. So I've supported him in that primarily at home, raising our children during their growing up years and and able to travel and be involved with him in that in various ways. Maybe one of my biggest surprises in my my life has been that we're a huge hockey family. So I didn't grow up in a hockey family, but I've become a big hockey family person. Mm. Um, all of our kids played, uh, it seems very Canadian. Um, our, two youngest, <laughs> our two youngest sons played rep and one of our sons is now playing pro hockey in England. Oh, wow. And one of our sons is a general manager of a local junior C team. And so we've had lots of hockey. Um, I'd say a little bit more about me. God, I, I can see now a little bit more about my life uh, at this age, but God's really wired me for development. So mm-hmm. seeing individuals and groups come alive and who they are, particularly in faith, but also just to be living well, working well together. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a passion for Jesus and his church and for healthy, thriving families and organizations. And I get great joy by coming alongside others to encourage and strengthen and be part of their development. And so I work full-time with Aero Leadership right now, director of programs there for the past six years where I've been able to meet people like you mm-hmm. and um, involved in designing and delivering programs for emerging and executive Christian leaders. And um, yeah, just really great to be able to come alongside people and see God working for transformation in their lives. Mm. So good. And we've been the recipients of mm-hmm. all of your hard work. And uh, yeah, on a personal note, personal note when we uh, met before we even started the Arrow program, I remember sitting with you and I was nervous going into it because <laughs> I'm like, oh my goodness, like this whole experience is a little new, not even a little new, it is new and just the unknown, but afterwards felt so uh, affirmed in God's timing. And yeah, hearing the things that you're passionate about, it's like, yeah, I felt like really safe and affirmed in what God was doing in my life. So thank you on behalf of our arrow class (laughs) and other people who've done it. Um, yeah, it's so good. And we're so excited to have you here today because, um, we are in, uh, a season where we're unpacking leadership and different aspects of it. And today we're really going to highlight the importance of identity 
and knowing Mm. who we are in order to serve and live life well. And so we would love to start off by asking you about your own life and your own journey this far. Um, As you think and reflect on your own life, what are a few formative experiences that have shaped you into the person you are today? Mm. Yeah, well, I think probably foundationally, I've, I've got this amazing heritage of faith, which I didn't realize was such a beautiful gift until I was older. Mm. But growing up in a Christian home with loving parents and grandparents on both sides, um, being part of a, a vibrant church family, that was really formative, obviously, for me. Mm. I'm the oldest of five, so I'm, you know, became very responsible at a pretty young age, entrusted with the care of my siblings. But we were also on a dairy farm, and my father was an auctioneer, so we had an auction business. Fun. So definitely formative for me would be working kind of in the family business mm. and just learning a strong work ethic, meeting lots of people, serving people. Our home was a home of hospitality, so I was definitely formed by those mm. kinds of things. I was uh, I did a lot of training in piano, so um, years and years of that. So that that formed me just the discipline of of something like that. Definitely, when I was seventeen, I traveled for a summer. So I traveled to California. I mean, it was such a big deal, um, <laughs> and I, I was with a group called Continentals. And you guys are too young to even probably know what that is, but <laughs> it was a pretty big deal in the day. And um, I, I was away from home, traveling, playing saxophone with them all summer. That was really stretching and very formative for me, just to be in that setting. And uh, I would say, kind of from there, I came back home, and right after that, my dad was diagnosed with cancer. So. Mm. That uh, whole next year was really formative. It was my final year of high school. I was caring for siblings while my mom and dad were dealing with him and, you know, all the emotion around that. So that was a huge earthquake event for me. He passed away when I was 18. So that really um, was very formative and definitely, you know, kind of changed a little bit about, well, I'm going to say it changed the trajectory of my life, but God knows all about that. So mm-hmm. probably it didn't, but it felt like it at the time. Mm. Um, and then I would say roles of wife and mother. I mean, I've really been formed just by learning how to love people who are close to me well mm. and caring for them. Being in the Arrow program myself, I'm part of Arrow class 16. I was in, in the emerging class in 2004 And that was a really formative experience for me. Um, I was also kind of around the same time I had started, because I thought it was a good idea, started a charity and I was leading that. I was chair of the board and uh, learned a ton about myself and others and organizations through that. I've also worked on a church staff and um, we've already talked a little bit. I love reading, Mm. learning education. I've done all my education since I had my kids. So Mm. I guess I'm a bit of a lifelong learner Mm. uh, now working with Arrow. So I've learned like even the last few years, I've learned so much Mm. just by being in the position that I'm in. So that's a little snapshot of Mm -hmm. my formative experiences. 
yeah, so many things. It's uh, yeah, kind of cool to see like there's just so many different areas, whether it's in your personal life or in your vocation, just the things that have really made you into the the Sharon that we see today, which is cool. Mm-hmm. Um, we'd love to hear a little bit um, more about your leadership journey. I mean, you kind of have mentioned uh, the baby steps as you go along, but um, maybe just to dive a little bit deeper into that. Basically, how did you get to where you are now serving with Arrow for a few years now? Yeah. Well, I have to say right off the start that I never thought of myself as a leader. So mm-hmm. I was always like, I'm a great person to come alongside. I'm a helper. I'm a supporter. That's really, that was my narrative. Um, and I, I think I'm like naturally quite glad to be in the background. So I am introverted in my personality, a little bit shy and cautious by nature Yet I can look back on my life now and see that God's always been shaping me to lead for goodness and justice and righteousness. So whether that meant in the family setting or wherever he's kind of taking me, um, I already mentioned I've learned a lot about leadership kind of just by stepping in and serving, right? So whether that was in my local church or at school or in my community, um, I'd be part of something I'd kind of like end up organizing or leading and just learned kind of fell into it in some Mm -hmm. ways. Um, And overall, I would say I kind of just kept doing what I believe to be the right next step. So whether that was seeing a need that required someone to step in or whether it was moving into an educational setting or whether it was a role that I actually had an official title, um, I've, I've just actually kind of come into positions uh, because of those kind of what's the right next step. Mm. And the other thing I would say is that I think God's really shaped me in leadership through my sin and my failures and my wounds, right? So mm. I recently heard a wise man in his 80s say that God tests his people to see if they will be obedient and if they will grow in character before he will entrust them with leadership. And I'm like, okay, I can look back on my life and see where I wish there were things that weren't part of my story, Mm -hmm. like ways that I did hurt people or people have hurt me or things that I've done that I wish I hadn't done, regrets and mistakes. Yet, I think this is our good news of the gospel, right? When Mm -hmm. we acknowledge Jesus as Lord and we want to do his will, God takes all of our story and he redeems us and begins to reshape us to who he always intended us to be. So for me, I would just say life experience, connections with people, being engaged wherever God places me, education, and then sort of that, maybe that obedience piece, Mm. me saying yes and trusting God uh, to equip and strengthen me for what he wants me to do Mm. has really brought me to where I am now. Um, As far as like my involvement with Arrow, I, I started volunteering as a mentor and then started getting involved in some writing projects. And uh, my, my role just kind of kept evolving. <laughs> and six years ago, I came into the director of programs role. Mm-hmm. So good. And you're, you're, what you're saying here sets us up really well for uh, what we're going to talk about when it comes to identity and leadership. Um, you mentioned, yeah, like the gospel working itself out in your life and God, God being the leader of your transformation over the span of your life and continues for all of us. Um, but leadership and identity, it's, it's an important thing. Um, so, 
yeah, as we look at this world, I mean, it's not a surprising thing to see that there's so many competing voices. Um, even over the last several years, there's been a lot of um, leaders who've been compromised in their character, um, whether that's past um, decisions and mistakes or present ones. Um, there's a lot of things happening in our world. And so mm. I wonder if you could just start off by talking about why it is so important to be anchored in, in identity um, or in our identity, specifically when it comes to leadership. Yeah, you are so accurate. There are so many competing voices. And um, I was thinking, you know, uh, of a story when I was younger, but I do remember, like, I felt literally like I had all of these voices even in my own head, right? Like, I just felt so confused with somebody's voice and then somebody else's voice, like kind of these competing voices. And I remember this experience where I just prayed. I was like, God, please silence all voices, but yours. Mm. And it was like, immediately I had, I haven't always had that, but it was like this moment where everything just stopped. And like, I literally felt like he did answer that prayer. He stopped all the voices and kind of like stopped my spinning. And I felt this peace and it was just this really beautiful experience with God, it reminds me that there is actually an enemy of our souls, right? His mm. strategy is to just lie and confuse and distract and deceive and destroy. We're seeing this all over the place in mm. our culture, but it happens just like within my own heart, and my own mind, right? Like all these competing voices that can just be going on in my head. So um, I think just essential that we remain rooted in our relationship with Christ and we that we are learning how to hear his voice so that we can mm. discern what's true like what is God's voice what is the enemy's voice what are you know what are other people's voices and then believing what God says about us as the most true thing right mm. so that we're not getting fooled by the enemy's voice because he's so subtle right like he kind of like attaches a little bit to truth but it's always distorted so I think mm. part of it for me has just been um, if we're not anchored in our identity, then we're so easily deceived. I think that would be uh, the, the word that I would say. Mm. Yeah. And it's not easy. Like, I think, that, <laughs> um, you know, it, I feel like it, it, it sounds really nice to, mm -hmm. to hear other people talk about being in a place where they understand their identity in God, who he's created them to be, where he has them. But to actually work through all of the things in our life to get to that place is much harder. And mm -hmm. I mean, if you look at leaders, whether that's in the church world or not in the church world, there's leaders who have chosen to do the hard work. And then there's leaders that unfortunately haven't been able to touch those things in their life and it hasn't set them up well um, to catch up with us. And, you know, even for Jen and I, like <laughs> Jen said on the podcast a few times now, like, yeah, like we went to intensive one and we just cr all cried a lot. <laughs> there's like really, really hard pieces of wrestling through these things and understanding, you know, what it is, whether that is because we have to look through things we've done or that we've been through or just the pieces of us that really need to be redeemed by God. Um, mm -hmm. But like, what would you say is sort of at stake or the risk of, not willing to like not being willing to wrestle through our identity and actually get through kind of the the hard pieces to get to the gold at the end yeah 
I mean, I think ultimately that we're going to be less than who we've been created and called to be, right? Mm -hmm. So we really won't be living fully alive Mm -hmm. the way that Jesus, I mean, he gave his life so that we would have abundant life and have it to the full. So I think when we're not living in our true identity, we're less than what we could be, right? Like that's part of it. I also think like relationships are going to suffer too. So it's not just us that's not fully alive, but relationships will never be great. Um, I think if we've got these sort of parts of us that are like fragmented, underformed or underdeveloped, we won't be authentic or whole. And um, yeah, I think then we also aren't necessarily exhibiting what Jesus said would be fruit, right? Like love mm. and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness. Like we, we kind of get hooked into some of the messaging in our society, which is, which are lies, but it's like, it, I can only be happy if this, right. If I have all of my needs met and all of that, but Jesus was like, well, actually what you need to know is who you are in me. And, um, and you're going to have trouble in this world. Right. But um, yeah, I think at, what's at stake is we're not going to navigate through life very well if we don't really know who we are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wonder if you could talk about, um, this is not in the list of questions that we gave you, <laughs> mm-hmm. but, um, a big thing for me, theme for me anyways, going through Arrow is realizing that like, I'm actually a recipient of God's grace and love. Like I, I can actually receive it and I'm invited to receive it without having to do X, Y, and Z, which has been a lot of uh, unlearning. <laughs> it's been really good. But I wonder if you could talk about how um, you, to sit in this place of grace, knowing that we still live in a broken world, uh, we still sin, God is the leader of our transformation, um, knowing that he's bringing healing, but also to that we're not fully there yet. Like, I don't know if that like how to make space for our past and present self while also knowing that God is continuing to redeem and continue to heal in mm-hmm. our life. Yeah. One of the lessons that's been important for me and I'm, I'm still learning. So I think that would be an important thing to notice is that this is going to be lifelong, right? Like we mm. never really arrive. Um, God is continuously transforming us from one degree of glory to the next. So I think it's like having compassion for ourselves too, to realize that there are reasons why we've kind of taken on these shadow identities, right? Mm -hmm. Like some of it was needed to protect ourselves when we were younger. Like they were defense mechanisms, which is beautiful. Like in order to survive this hard world, Um, God's even wired in us this ability to kind of protect ourselves, right? So Mm. as children, those are all good things. And uh, and then as bad things happen to us, as we come up against sin um, in the world, which we we do, um, things happen to us that aren't good, then those are those wounds that can happen, right? And if we don't take the time to get healed up, then actually we begin to live out of, you know, those lies, those narratives, those... um, those things. So I, I think it is um, this continuous surrendering of, I need the Lord. <laughs> like mm. I actually, He's the only one who can bring true repair and restoration. Mm. There are practices, which we might, you know, talk about a little bit later too. But I, I think also important for me, and, and this has been a growth point, is get myself surrounded by the right people. Mm. So mm. not the people who are going to keep telling me to live 
as a victim or to, mm. um, you know, hang on to your resentment, hang on to your bitterness, like you deserve whatever, like those voices aren't helpful if we're going to actually have the presence and the peace of Christ. So getting around people are like, Oh my goodness, like that is hard. Like what you've gone through is terrible. And God has good plans for you <laughs> as you sort of go through the hard work of that. So again, it is coming back to the voices, right? Like who are the voices that we're listening to? Hmm. And so I've just found it really important for me to be surrounding myself with good people who love me, who are praying hmm. for me, who are willing to say the hard things to me because we can convince ourselves of kind of anything. Right. Mm -hmm. I think the voices piece is so huge about who to listen to. And I mean, Jen and I, we specifically work with youth and I mean, they're inundated with voices. Like we Mm -hmm. all are, I think because of the reality of phones and the internet and stuff. But, um, I was talking to some girls who would be only about 12 or 13 and they're just talking about how like everything that happens at school just like follows them wherever they go and everyone from school follows them from where they go Mm. and I just like hear them talking about like I mean and it seems kind of silly but like it's real for them of just like um one of the girls is saying you know like I get added to like seven group chats a day and there's just all these people that are sending me things all the day and I have to leave and I have to leave and I have to leave and I have to turn off my phone and I have to tell them I'm not going to answer them and I have to tell them I'm not available 24 7 and it's like we live in this age where if you don't like intentionally whether you're 13 or 25 or however Mm -hmm. old like you actually have to intentionally choose to shut off the voices that are speaking things that are untrue and choose to listen to obviously the voice of God, as well as the voices of people that we actually trust and, and can, can trust that what they're saying is true. Um, Mm -hmm. But it takes a lot of effort to do that because we will, I think if you don't choose to do it in our world, there's just too many other people that will just come in and take up that space in our mind and our hearts. Yeah. I I think it's a really difficult challenge, right? Like there's just this, um, well, also studies would say we kind of get addicted to the Mm -hmm. connection, right? Mm -hmm. So it's not even just like what voices, but how are we getting addicted to listening to certain voices or feeling pressure to be in certain things? One of the things I've been you know, God's just really been impressing on me is this idea of stillness, which Mm. it's been kind of curious for me because I've always understood, you know, it's important to get silent and it's important to be in solitude. And I'm like, I love those kinds of things. So that's not (laughs) hard for me, but I've really been curiously kind of exploring this idea of stillness, which means like learning to get still in my own heart and my own mind and, and not being connected to, you know, sort of like checking my screen or whatever. Like that's really, really hard in our culture to sit still. Well, I can sit still, but to be still is different. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like a practice of I am going to have this, you know, even just a bit of soul training where it'd be like, I am going to like not look at my phone for, you know, maybe somebody could say for five minutes and that would be like really, really hard. Mm-hmm. Um, But it's actually like we have to build some muscles for this. Like you can't just go from, you know, where we all are kind of in the way that we're interacting and then say, oh, I'm not going to do that anymore. Like if it really would be saying, what's one small step I could take to not be so connected or to not be listening to all those voices. And so I think there's some strategy around 
yeah, just learning to be quiet for a minute, <laughs> like mm. it's just, uh, learning not to look at our phones or putting our phones away. Like some of those things I think are super challenging, especially for younger people. So yeah, it's a hard one. Mm. That's a good framework though. Like knowing that this is a lifelong thing. We don't need to figure it all right now that God in his grace and goodness is walking with us for the entirety of our life. Um, Mm. And so I don't know, like it kind of takes a lot of pressure off that, you know, if it will use phones, for example, like if you're on your phone for hours a day, it's actually okay to cut that by an eighth to start off with (laughs) and then going from there. Yeah. Yeah. Really helpful, helpful framework. Yeah. I think part of our, um, you know, it almost, we we almost set ourselves up for failure or defeat because it's almost like, well, I can't, I can't do it. Like we feel deep dissatisfaction in our souls a little bit, Mm. right? Like we know something's not right, but then the idea of like what might be needed seems so overwhelming. Mm -hmm. So I think it is like, what would be a right, next step that's realistic. And the other thing I would say, I think that's the way the enemy also works too, right? Because it feels like, oh, it's so good that we're staying connected with people, but you can tell it's a bit of a false thing because when there's anxiety or um, other things that come out of that, it's actually like, that's not very life-giving, right? So it's almost like this trick of sort of like, oh, I need to be connected with people, but actually it's a false connection, right? So there's, even ways that the enemy's using things like technology or the the sort of pressure that comes from other people to be a certain way or to do a certain thing, or you have to do this to be accepted. Like there are different challenges today, but they're age old, mm, right? Yeah. Everybody in every generation, I think has those same problems. Just they come in different ways. Mm -hmm. What have been some other like good practices or even resources for you personally that God has uh, used to shape you when it comes to all of this? Yeah. Well, I I think, I mean, scripture in our, in our generation, people are moving further and further away from sort of scripture. But for me, Mm -hmm. um, reading scripture, meditating on scripture and memorizing scripture has been really helpful to me because when I come up against something in my day, God will bring like a scripture to my mind or I'll be like, oh, I just read that somewhere. And it's literally like he's giving me what I need for the day. Mm-hmm. So I find like a daily um, plan around reading scripture. Journaling's a big thing for me, just processing what am I thinking? What am I feeling? Um, I've really had to learn to to probe deeper for myself to know those kinds of things. I know that sounds kind of odd, but um, like it, it wasn't natural for me because I'm actually, I'm, I'm pretty good at kind of going along with what other people need or what other people mm. want. I had to really learn how to assess like, what am I thinking? Like, what am I feeling? What do I want? So that's something that helps mm. me about journaling is just sort of like getting honest with God. Um, I'll give you an example of that too. Like one way that I've had to grow is like, um, when, if I got hurt by somebody, I'd be like, Oh, well, like, it's not very nice to not think or to think badly about that person. And as a Christian, you know, I need to forgive, which is true, but I would kind of skip over the fact that actually I was really hurt by that. Mm. So even just getting honest to say, wow, that really hurt me. Why do I feel hurt? Like just taking the time to sort of process what was that about and then being able to say okay I choose to forgive right Mm -hmm. is different than sort of like it's okay like 
maybe they didn't mean it. Um, so kind of like minimalizing. Um, mm. that was, so I, I've had to grow in that practice of just being like, what's going on? Um, also, you know, a Sabbath rest for me is really important. Just remembering that I do have limits and God is God. And he's mm. actually said that's a good practice. Um, some of, you know, one of the, it's, it's a very old resource now, but I do remember reading and going through a study called Experiencing God. And uh, that was really, really helpful for me to understand how does God speak? How can we hear him? Um, that shaped me a lot when I was younger and um, working through like a devotional book or a Bible study or something like that is actually just a good practice to keep, keep getting myself into scripture. Um, I just recently took some people through our church through, it's called the Apprentice Series and uh, it's by James Bryan Smith. And what I liked about that is he, he talks about who God is, talks about some of the false things we've believed about God. And then replaces mm. that with truth. And then there's always a soul training activity around that. It's always in the context of community. And it's through mm. the power of the spirit that we experience transformation. So that was just good. So whether I'm facilitating a group or actually just part of a group, I find that that's actually a really essential practice as well. Mm. I already mentioned uh, Live No Lies. That's a really good book, I think, based on our topic today. Um, John Mark Comer wrote that and it's, it's really, really good, good resource. Yeah. Mm. So those are some. Mm-hmm. That book has may, may or may not have been on my bookshelf for about a year and a half and I have not read it, but it's on the, <laughs> it's on the reading list after Arrow. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You also wrote a book about this. Um, can you just share a little bit about that? Yes. Yes. So it's part of an Arrow resource that um, I I was just starting to work part time with Arrow. And um, I remember Steve Brown, who's the president, uh, was talking to me about maybe some possible projects that I could be involved in. And he talked about, oh, you know, there's this idea of taking an Arrow leadership bookmark that's got kind of identity and identity and Christ statements on it and maybe like putting it into some sort of a devotional form. And there was just like something in my spirit that was like, yes, like I would love to do that. Mm. So, um, yeah, I've taken 22 Identity in Christ statements and I've written a little devotional around each one of them and then some questions for reflection. So it's called Who Am I? A Devotional Journey for You to Soar in Your Identity in Christ. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's good. Um, one thing I'd love to just kind of uh, bring back to, and I mean, it kind of aligns with all these things. And um, I know like the identity uh, bookmarks and stuff, you're sort of uh, touching on this idea of like, um, like embracing what God has given you. And I really think of this idea of like being able to like let go of this old thing that I thought like, cause we can say like I'm chosen or I'm free or I am um, forgiven all of these things. Um, but those also then naturally come with this other thing that we're hanging on to that we're trading in for it. Um, and I mean, you've talked about a couple of these things, like whether that's, um, you know, your identity, uh, as like a helper or whether that's, you know, the way that you sort of brushed off things. Um, and the question that just keeps kind of coming to mind is like, um, what, what has that kind of trading process of accepting what God has for you? Like what, what and who has that freed you up to be? Hmm. Well, first of all, I might just start by saying these are always a bit of a wrestle for me. Mm. Right? So, um, 
a lot of times it kind of gets exhibited in my life through like kind of this undercurrent of discontent or just like something's not right. Like that's how I would sort of do it. But then I can kind of feel like a little despairing, like I don't know how to change myself, right? Like I just keep having mm-hmm. that same thought over and over or um, that's just the way I am or I can't seem to whatever. So I think God's mm. kindness to me has been helping me realize that I actually can't do any of this in my own strength, right? So it's by leaning into him and first of all, acknowledging like, oh, this is a part of me that needs his nurturing or it needs like his transformation. And then just sort of like being honest to say, I want to change God. Like I want to change, help me because mm-hmm. I just still have these old patterns that I fall into. Um, and so for me, it's always been, it's a process, right? Like, again, it's mm-hmm. not so sort of like amazingly, like all yeah. of a sudden I, I love people better or, you know, I don't <laughs> feel insecure or whatever. Um, it, it's like, I have to keep reminding myself of mm-hmm. who God says I am, what he's spoken into me. And, uh, and that is like, you look back and go, wow, like he's actually changing my mind. He's changing mm-hmm. my spirit. Um, I actually handled that better than I would have previously. Um, another good book I read was around kind of like emotional intelligence and just this idea of how we can get hooked by our emotions. So even me just reminding myself like, oh, I'm getting hooked right now by emotion. Mm-hmm. Let's just pause and uh, sort of pay attention. So for me, I think it's like, first of all, acknowledging what's not where it should be, right? Like just mm-hmm. which it's kind of like repentance. Mm-hmm. Um acknowledging my need for God and then, okay, God, like what would be a good practice that will help me develop the muscles that are going to be needed for me to, you know, be different, which is uh, what he will do. So I'm not sure if I totally answered your question. Mm -hmm. Was there another piece of that that you wanted to explore? Uh, I think that um, I I really like that piece about just the idea of like, um, you know, looking back, it's almost like you don't necessarily realize what work God is doing in, in you until you realize that he is sort of um, flipping back. And I think another thing that I kind of picked up on from what you said was, you know, you started off with saying like God and all his kindness. And I was kind of reminded too that like that piece of identity, it's not just about reframing who we actually are and like allowing God to remind us of our true identity and who he calls us. But we also then have to like, learn the true identity of God also. Cause like you said, his kindness. And I'm like, right. Like we forget that he is kind mm-hmm. because when we're, especially in the context of the less nice things about us, um, we yeah. don't always kind of associate that with God's kindness and like learning that, you know, who he is too. And, and those things, I guess, go together in some ways. Yeah. Yeah. And another thing I'll say around that is like, actually I've, I've, I've learned, and I think I didn't you know, sort of believe this, but God loves us too much to leave us the way we we were mm. or the way we are, right? Because He actually sees the potential of who He actually has created us to be, and He sees the way that the enemy has been beating us down, or like feeding us lies, or the ways that we've bought into that kind of stuff, and the ways that we're living less than who He always sort of wanted us to be. So. Like if I can reframe that too, to think like actually because of his love, he and his kindness and his goodness, he, he wants me to be with him. He wants me to be alive. Like it also helps me realize like, oh, wow, that would be like me saying to my kids, like, 
I love you so much. Like I want you to be the best version of you, right? Like mm. I want that as a mother for my kids. And I think that's definitely that's God's heart, right? Because mm-hmm. he's created us in his image. So yeah, remembering it is a gift, even when it's ouch, you know, like, ow, mm-hmm. like he's really exposing that thing in my life. It's like, I don't want that to be exposed, but he's doing it for our good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Hard. But good. <laughs> That's yeah. like our motto here. Hard but good. Yeah. How's arrow going? Hard but good. <laughs> yeah. 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 I I wonder for people who are listening to this conversation and, and maybe for the first time they're hearing that like the ooh ouch, like those maybe shadow sides that we see in ourselves or um, the deep insecurities that we know about ourselves, like for people who are listening to this conversation for the first time and realizing, wow, like I actually don't just have to suppress these ugly parts of me. Like I can actually bring them to the light and God actually wants to heal these parts of me. Mm. Where would you encourage them to start? You said a lot of good practices and whatnot, but where people are, uh, standing in square one, um, mm. where would you encourage them to start? Yeah. I think a one-to-one relationship kind of, so there's lots of different ways you could approach it, right? Like a mentor is an amazing opportunity to just look for someone who's a little bit older, wiser, maybe who's lived a little bit more life, who um, you respect and trust and just ask them, would they be willing to meet with you? Right. And, and just get into Mm -hmm. some sort of a mentoring relationship is one option. Um, For some people, it, it, it could be counseling and probably should be counseling because there's some of our stories that are actually so painful and traumatic that we need a professional person who knows how to come alongside us in a way that helps us through those hard things. Right. So whether that's grief or trauma or loss or like something abuse, something that's happened to us, that's really, really painful. That's got layers and, Mm -hmm. um, you know, there could be other people that can help with that, but I would really strongly encourage uh, counseling in that situation. And, um, and then there's, you know, things like spiritual direction, which would really be with a person who knows how to be with you in the presence of God, right? Mm-hmm. Or, or join a, a group where people are studying scripture or studying like a Bible study together. I think all of those, I mean, that's definitely been away in my twenties, I started getting really involved in Bible studies and God just grew me so much through Mm. being in community, but also studying with some other people. Mm -hmm. I love that each of the things that you said there was like reaching out to someone, at least one person. Mm. Um, yeah, I'm just so reminded that like, we're not supposed to do all this on our own. Um, yeah. What a gift it is to do that in community. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's God's design. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's cool. Um, well, one thing we kind of liked as we start to wrap up our conversation is, um, what do you know now that you would tell your 25-year-old self? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I would definitely say don't be so obsessed with trying to figure everything out. Mm-hmm. Like, I literally tormented myself in my 20s trying to figure out my purpose, my significance. I need to make the right decisions. Like I put a lot of pressure on myself. So I think I would just say, enjoy each day as a gift from God. Get some good people around you who love you, want what's best for you. And then just keep discerning the right next thing. Yeah, God will guide you 
one step at a time and bring all the pieces together. And it's going to be a beautiful story. All the hard parts and the good parts mm. and all the pieces that he redeems. I would probably say that. Yeah, don't don't be so obsessed with trying to figure everything out. Mm. A good reminder for me anyways today. <laughs> I was like, we got this? <laughs> yeah. Well, thanks so much, Sharon, for joining us. We have one more question. Um, what is the best piece of advice you've been given? Yeah, you know what I was thinking? Oh, I don't know. It's so hard to think what's the one best thing. I, I got to go to scripture like Jesus and like God's heart. Just say, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength and love others as yourself, which just gives me compassion for myself and for others. And I think just helps me order my day and my priorities accurately. It helps me to remember, you know, I'm not as important as all that. God is God. This is who I am. Um, yeah, it just keeps me in a posture of humility, I think, too. So loving God with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength and loving others is, uh, mm. yeah, that's the best advice I've been given. Mm. This is good. Sharon, thank you so much. I I think the things that you shared today carry a lot of weight and validity because we know that you've gone through the hard work of, um, yeah, bringing shadow sides, hard mm-hmm. things to God and letting him transform you. And, and because of that, we've been the recipients of um, mm-hmm. wisdom and having you walk alongside us in, the, I mean, this specific season too with us doing Arrow. So thank yeah. you so much for joining us today. Yeah. And um, yeah, blessings to you. Thank you. And it's an ongoing journey. I'm still on the same journey yeah. with all of you. So yeah, thank you so much for the time together. Mm-hmm. Thanks so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. We have more amazing conversations like this coming out that you won't want to miss. So make sure that you subscribe on whichever podcast platform you prefer to use. And until next time. Bye. That was kind of nice, actually. Was it? Yeah. Thanks. (laughs)